It's my privilege right now to uh, bring to the podium uh, Tim Strait. Tim is our uh, Bible teacher here at Harmony Christian School and is the uh, youth leader of Harmony Baptist Church. We are so blessed to have him with us and so blessed to uh, be hearing from him this morning. So Tim, why don't you come up and uh, share the word with us? Let's make him feel welcome, huh? I'm going to move some stuff out of the way. I hope that's okay. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you all uh, for being here this morning. Uh, this morning, we're just going to talk a little bit about some storms. And uh, that song, uh, what an amazing song. Um, it's my dad's favorite Christmas song. And um, ah, so... Thanks. <laughs> Will you join me as we pray? <sighs> Father God, we, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, God, for the uh, opportunity to be here this morning. And thank you for uh, your son. And Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, put the... Uh, the anxiousness and the nerves aside, Lord, and, and just help me to speak clearly, and uh, Lord, that you would just uh, communicate through me, and uh, that your word would be spoken today. Uh, we thank you for this time, and uh, we commit it in your name. Amen. That's my mom, in case you didn't know. <laughs> like, who's this strange lady walking up? I thought the same thing. I had to peek out. I said, it's either my mom or my wife. Either way... It works. So, yeah, that's, um, that's my favorite. Uh, it's, it's become my de facto favorite Christmas song. And, and one of the reasons is because it was my dad's. And every year, without fail, you could hear it on repeat, but it was the Celine Dion version. And it just looped and looped and looped and looped. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So um, he, uh, he passed away in 2013. Um, but the, uh, man, that song every year, it just, it, it gets me. So if I'm preaching next year around Christmas time, I might just save that till after and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get through it. Okay. So I want to, I want to talk to you this morning about storms and we have yet to have an amazing winter storm. Last year, Thanksgiving came and we got buried. Like it seemed like it just didn't stop. The power went out at my house, and all I could think was, that's great. I have about 25 people coming over tomorrow, and there's no power. And the last time we had a winter storm like that, we lived in Rock Tavern, and a transformer blew out, and a telephone pole fell over, and we were without power for an entire week. That was a couple years back, October 31st. I remember it. Um, against better judgment, I went down to Philly the day after to watch the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so don't worry, we have the same off-season plans. We had uh, Hurricane Sandy came into town a couple years back, and we know all the, the, the drama that came with it, and I don't use drama lightly. I worked in property management in a community uh, about an hour, hour from here in Danbury, Connecticut, and for two weeks leading up to the storm, we did hurricane 
preparations where we uh, took care of any pool furniture that might blow away. We got janitors. We brought out boom lifts. We did some last-minute checks on the trees. We did all these preparations for this amazing storm that came through, and it was an amazing storm. And I ended up staying. My wife was pregnant with Avery, and I ended up having to stay on the property for almost an entire week. Um, because we were without power, we were without fire systems, we had a little bit of storm damage, but amazing storms. And we have a storm, I guess, that's coming into town. Tuesday we're supposed to get one to three inches of snow. So um, it can't be next week when we have to go back to school, but at least that's what I was told. So all the grocery stores will be out of milk, water, and bread, and we'll be figuring out from there. But, you know, storms, storms create things within our own lives. They create fear. Uh, They create uncertainty, they create panic, they create doubt, they create something in us that prevents us from truly knowing who it is that manages those storms. And the the scripture reading we have this morning is where we're going to start and we're going to find, actually no, we're going to start in Mark chapter 4, sorry. But we're going to look at two events of storms that took place in the... uh, in the Gospels. One, uh, Mark tells the story. Mark uh, is not quite an eyewitness. Mark is uh, a friend of Peter's, a very intelligent young man who wrote down everything that basically he was told from the disciples. That's where we get the Gospel of Mark from. And this is Mark's account of a storm that happens. And if you look in Mark chapter 4, we start in verse 35, and we're going to read to 41. It says, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said unto one another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now Mark doesn't spend really any time on the lineage of Christ. He doesn't spend much time on his background. He opens quickly with the baptism of Christ, and then he jumps right into the earthly ministry of Christ. All through the first couple of chapters, Christ is seen as a teacher, as a healer, as someone who has performed miracles, he's healed the withered hand. There are unclean spirits that are filling people, they're demon-possessed, and they fall down before God, and they recognize who this man is. How is it that the disciples, who just recently were up on a mountain with Christ earlier in this chapter, where he ordained them, where he selected them, where he chose them to come with him as his teachers to send them out, have suddenly forgotten who he is? Well, it's just a little background of the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is fed primarily by the Jordan River. It's a large body of water. Anybody want to guess how many miles wide, how many miles long? A lot. (laughs) It's about 13 miles by 8. So right around somewhere 60-something acres of, of, of water. It's a lot of water. A lot of water. In comparison, Orange Lake, which is just down in Newburgh, we're looking at 400 acres. 
real small. Sorry, 40,000 acres, not 62 acres. 40,000 acres as opposed to 400. If you do the math, I think it's like 62-something square miles. That's, that's where I was going with that, 62-something square miles. It's a lot of water. It's a huge body of water. And where it's set, it's set down in the valley with these mountains. And what happens is as the winds blow and the winds come down off the mountain, they hit the water and it just causes these amazing swells. And they have these amazing storms. And if you like storms, I love storms. I love the thunder. I love the lightning. I want my windows to shake. I want, it's different now because I got little kids. I don't want them to wake up. (laughs) But I, I love the storm. Some of you may love storms as well. It's different when we stand inside of our house and we can say, man, this is something else. When I was a kid, we used to go up to the second dog of lake. Some of you may know where that is. Some of you may not. It's up in the Adirondacks, the foothills. And my dad bought this boat, a 20-foot something or other. It was like a little puddle jumper. But he took us out on the lake, and we were trying to do this water skiing and having all this fun, and we were having a great time. And we're out in the middle of the lake, and all of a sudden, we see all these boats flying by us. We're like, man, it must be late or something. Maybe they got to go to a party. We're not really paying attention. We're heading this way across the lake. And we look back, and the sky is pitch black. And then we're having some engine issues because it wasn't the best of boats. So we're like, okay. And as we're looking, and we're slowly moving in towards the dock, you could just see the clouds starting to come over our head. And we're in the middle of this lake, and there's a little bit of raindrops, and then it was hail, and then it was thunder, and then it was lightning, and we are scared. I mean, we're hiding under life safe, life, the, life, the orange life vest and stuff, and my brother's got skiing, he's trying to hide. We're, I mean, we're freaked out. I can only imagine how these disciples felt. They're on this boat. They've gone through now. They've been with Christ. They have listened to Him talk. They've listened to Him teach. They've seen the miracles that He's performed. They have willingly followed Him. And now they're on this boat, out in the middle of this lake, this sea, and the water is raging around them. And it's not just a little storm. It says that the boat was filling with water. They were afraid for their life. I, I couldn't imagine But here's what they say. He says, Christ sent away the multitudes. There arose a great storm. In verse 38, as he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou that we not perish? We're going to die. We're going to die. We have committed to following you. Christ, Lord, we, we trusted you. You called us. You said, hey, follow me. You ordained us. You selected us. You handpicked us. And now we're on a boat, and it's filling with water, and we're going to die, and you're asleep on a pillow. You don't care. It says that he was asleep in the hinder part of the ship, the back part of the ship. I'm not a physics major. I don't have any clue. All I know is if you sit in the back of something and as it rocks and whips and moves, you get that whip, like the snap of a whip, that crack. That's probably the roughest part to be in. You want to probably be somewhere right around the middle of the ship. But here's Jesus in this huge storm that's sinking this boat asleep on a pillow in the roughest part of the ship. And the disciples are running around saying, we're going to die. We've given up everything and here we are. This is it, guys. And what does Jesus do? He just wakes up. Maybe he just rubs the sleep from his eyes. 
And he just says, peace, be still. That's it. He didn't have to have a big show. He didn't have to stand up and silence! Wave, stop! No, he just says, peace, be still. And it says the wind ceased and there was a great calm. It was peaceful. It was perfect. And then Jesus looks over at his disciple and he's like, hey guys, where's your faith? What's the matter with you guys? Why did you doubt? That's what he says. Why are you so fearful? Why don't you have any faith? I can't imagine they're thinking, man, what? What? Wait, we're going to die. And now we're here. And it's peaceful. And it's calm. And all they can say is, what type of guy is this? What manner of man is this? That the winds and the waves, that, that nature obeys him. Well, we're going to look at that in a minute. If you do have your Bibles and you want to flip back over to Matthew, this is one of my favorite stories as well. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 22 through 33. And this is just another example of a storm we find in another gospel written by Matthew. Uh, Most believe it is one of the disciples. So this would be an eyewitness account. He was there. He saw it. He wrote it down. This is his account of an event that happened. And it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to go into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. So we have a little bit different of a, 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 a situation here, a little bit different setting. Same idea. Jesus has been teaching. Jesus has been performing miracles. He's exhausted. He's tired. He has sent the disciples out onto a ship. And he says, Guys, you know what? I need to recharge a little bit. I need to go out and pray. And he goes up into the mountain and he prays. And as he's praying, the disciples are now out in the middle of the water and a storm comes again. It says a contrary wind. Those crazy winds that come down. And here's another storm. The disciples are once again stuck in a boat in a storm wondering what's going to happen next. And as they're sitting there, they look out and across the waves, here comes this figure. And they're freaking out. At this point, they're like, it's a ghost. We have no idea what's going on. And then we see Peter. Lord cries out says, hey guys, listen, don't worry, it's me. Be of good cheer, 
it is I. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. It's me. It's Jesus. And Peter, 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 Peter. I love Peter. I think I relate to Peter a lot. And probably because I speak before I think most of the time. And that's what Peter does. Peter's always getting himself in trouble. I'm going to be crucified. No, you're not. Yes, Peter, I am. Do you love me more than... What's his job? What's my job? Peter's always getting himself in trouble. This is really no different. This is the same guy that as Jesus is gone, before they they realize he's come back, he says, you know what, guys? I'm going to go fishing. I'm going back to my old way of life. It's Peter. He doesn't think first. He just speaks. He does. He goes. Boom. And then he deals with the repercussions later. How many of us can really relate to that? A lot, if we're honest. But here's Peter. Peter says, well, Lord, listen, if it's really you, just let me come out and walk on the water. See, the miracle to me is not necessarily Jesus walking on water. Jesus is the Son of God. Of course he can walk on water. But the fact that Peter got out of the boat and is now standing on the water, face to face with Christ, that's amazing. That for a a small portion of time, Peter's able to stand on the water. Peter's able to get out of this boat. In the middle of a storm, Peter's able to walk out. I can imagine the other disciples are probably thinking, what's he doing, Peter? The waves, dude, it's raining, it's, it's, it's storming. The wave, the boat, what are, you, what are you getting out of the boat for? Peter, don't be stupid. Peter's like, no, nah, I'm going to go. And he goes, and he steps out, and he's walking, and he's totally fixed on Christ. And he's walking. And then he starts to look around. And he sees the waves. Maybe he hears the thunder. Maybe he sees the lightning in the distance. Maybe he feels the water against his face. And he starts thinking, wait a minute. I am not supposed to be walking on water right now. This was a bad idea. And what happens? He loses his focus. He takes his focus and attention off of Christ. And he immediately begins to sink. And I wonder... I wonder if it was like a little bit at a time, like maybe as, as his faith kind of started to, 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 to fail. Maybe it got up around his ankles, and he was like, wait, I kind of still got this. And then it's up around his knees, and he's like, wait, hold on, I'm not supposed to. And then all of a sudden, he's up to his chin, and he's screaming, save me. And where's Jesus? He's right there. Okay. And it says, Peter came out of the ship, he walked the water, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Immediately. And what he says to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou stout? Peter, why did you doubt me? Peter, I called you out here. Peter, you, you asked, hey, call me out there. And I said, come on. I called you here. Where's the safest place to be? The disciples thought it was right there in that boat. No, the safest place was to be staying there face to face with Christ. Within arm's reach. Focused solely on Him. So what's the point this morning? Well, we see two storms. We see storms. We see both examples of both of these storms that cause us to have a reaction to it. The first reaction we see is is faith and fear. Fear versus faith. Faith versus fear. How does it pan out? Well, what does your storm take from you? In both of these instances, this storm took their faith. It was overcome with fear. Fear for their life, fear for their safety, fear for, you fill in the blank. It's your storm. I don't know what your storm is. You know what's awesome? Jesus does. 
And he says, it doesn't matter what your storm is. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your struggle is. What matters is I'm standing right here thinking, hey, just call out, reach out. Why? Because that's the man he is. What manner of man is this? Fear causes us to forget what we already know. In both instances, leading up to it, the disciples saw some amazing things happen. Jesus was teaching. He was preaching. He was healing the sick. He was performing all these miracles. He was doing these amazing things. And they got to witness it firsthand. They were right there. They carried out the buckets of bread. They watched the withered hand come back to to function. They saw everything. They heard all the teaching. They asked questions. They got the answers. And here they are. Because the storm raged inside of them, they forgot everything that they experienced no more than 10 hours ago. Storms cause us to forget what we've experienced in our lives, in our Christian lives, what God has done for us, how He has provided, how He's met our needs. They cause us to forget what we already know. They cause us to forget who we already know. They knew who was in that boat. They knew who was walking out on the water. They knew who called Peter to him. But there they were, more concerned about themselves. The same man that performed all those miracles. They forgot what he did. They forgot who he was. They forgot what they were called to do. And all they were concerned about was, we're going to die. Each event is similar. Each event takes place, each event has a call, each event has a response. In Mark, the disciples said, don't you care that we perish? Don't you care that we're going to die? You called us. We, we followed you. How many times have we done that? We've put our trust in Christ. We've committed to live a life for him. And then we stand back and we go, are you kidding me, God? Really? Like this again? Another bill? Another doctor's appointment? Really? My car's broken down again? I ran out of gas this morning. I should have got gas last night. I didn't. I did math in my head. Don't trust my math ever. (laughs) I did. I wasn't feeling well. I was having some back spasms. We just went grocery shopping. We were driving home, and I'm like, we're getting about 33 miles to the gallon. I could probably get another four out of it. I got three and a half, not going to (laughs) lie. I did. I don't even know where I was going with that. My car, my car broke down. Yeah, it is your part inside. I have ADD. I'm really sorry it happened. You know, we say, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are these storms raging out? Why 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 can't I trust? Why? Because we're focused on that storm. Notice, in both situations, where salvation came from, where protection came from, where provision came from, both from Christ. The man who's asleep on a pillow, in the middle of a storm, where boats filling with water, where everybody else thought they were going to die. And the other, in the midst of the storm, here comes Jesus just kind of having a nice stroll, walking across the water. It doesn't say anything about as Jesus walked, the waves died down. No, he walked across the waves, and as they came up, he maybe looked like a surfer. I don't know, but he's walking through the middle of the storm. 
the disciples thought the safest place to be in that boat was right there. But maybe if he gets a little closer, he can jump in the boat and save us. And then there's Peter, face to face with Christ. But what's his focus? The storm. When he heard the winds, when he saw the waves, he felt it. He started to sink. What's your storm? What's causing you to forget the God who is? What's causing you to forget what God has done? See, those are the storms that we should worry about. Those are the things that rob us of joy. They rob us of peace. They rob us of blessing. Why? Because that's what we're focused on. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. And again, I don't know what your storm is. These last couple of years, I mean, we have had some incredible, incredible storms in our life. Some that are real minor to other people. Some, you guys have probably had some of the same struggles. But here we are. We're facing a new year. We just spent a whole week and weekend celebrating the birth of Christ. The same one that slept on a pillow. The same one that walked through the storm. Why? We forget. We forget who he is. We forget what he's done. We forget where he's brought us. On March 4th, 2013, I had a phone call at work. And it was my mom. And she said, I got, I got bad news. Um, we're in the hospital again. I don't think that's coming out. And I knew that that was it. The previous summer, um, he had been diagnosed with a rare form of lung cancer. And we thought we were beating it. I mean, we, they went on a cruise, ended up in the Cayman Islands, right, somewhere around there. And he had an issue, ended up hospitalized. We thought, man, this has got to be the worst of it. Ended up coming home a couple months later, a couple weeks or so. And we thought we were, we were on the home stretch. He's reacting to the chemo. He's reacting. This is great. We're moving in the right direction. And then the spring hit. And on March 4th, I got the phone call. By March 8th, he was gone within a week. But I can't tell you, I mean, I can't stress how amazing of a situation this was. You're thinking, what? Because as, as we spent an entire week sitting in a hospital, watching day by day as strength lessened, and his coherency kind of started to go, you could see that he was ready. This was a storm he was ready to face. Why? had nothing to do with the people that were sitting in that room. And it had everything to do. And that is an example to me to be able to sit there and to watch as there's my dad lying in a bed. And there's a room full of people all teary-eyed and snot bubbles flowing out. And we're trying to sing songs. We're trying to comfort each other. He's sitting upright in his bed and he looks at the doctor and he says, So, are you going to come to church on Sunday? <laughs> I say, Dad, this isn't the right time. And he's like, why? You won't have to hear me preach. <laughs> and now listen, I, that's, not a, that's, that's what he said. Why? Because as that storm blew, and Christ said, hey, there's a storm. Come on. He said, I'm ready. And he got out of the boat, and he said, let's do this. Why? Because he knew. He remembered. He remembered who God was, what God is, what God did for him. And I can look at that, and I can say, you know what? Let the winds blow. Hey, we have those experiences in our life. What's your storm? What's causing fear to win out over your faith? What's bringing you down? What's causing you to sink? What's driving doubt into your life?
Jesus says, I'm right here. I'm here. Is it bitterness? Is it sin? Is it addiction? Is it depression? Is it just, I've just given up. The Christian faith just isn't for me. What's your storm? What is it? I'm going to close. Just want to encourage you and challenge you this morning. We have storms. They are going to come. We can be like Peter. We can be like the disciples. We can, we can pack up shop. When Jesus rebukes the disciples about not having faith, that's, that's a rebuke. That's, that's saying, hey, where, where did your faith go? What's the matter with you? Like, how, how could you not trust me? What made you think that I was going to bring you all the way out here to leave you? Really, that, that following me was going to result in pain and sorrow and suffering and death? No, he has a much greater plan for us. And one of the reasons that my dad was able to stand there and face that storm on March 8th, 2013 is because of March 10th, 1985, which I know that date. You don't know that date because you may have never heard him preach, but that's the date he got saved. That's where he called out and said to Christ, you know what? Lord, save me. You know, the Bible tells us in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Just open up. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, says, I have heard thee in a time accepted. I have secured thee. Now is the day. Now is the day for salvation. Salvation from your storm. Salvation from whatever is pulling you back. Salvation, hey, maybe you're like, well, I'm already saved. Well, good, great. Give your storm over to Christ. The next time when we go out and we look at the storm and we go, oh, my goodness, look at the storm. I've got bills coming up. I've got my car payment. I've got my kids are sick. Stop. Tell the storm how big your Jesus is. And then stand back and let him work. Why? What manner of man is this? It's the same man that healed the sick. The same man that raised the dead. The same man that said, hey, go look in that fish's mouth. There's probably a coin in there. Go pay your bills. Why? Because he provides for us. This is our God. This is our Lord. The same man that took on flesh to hang on a cross. Why? So that we could have a relationship with him. The same man. What manner of man is this? That the wind and the waves obey him. He's the man that loves you. He's the man that wants to take on your storm. But will you let him this morning? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. and uh, Lord, just for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, as we close out the service this morning, Lord, I pray that if there's someone here who, who is just, whatever they're struggling with, Lord, whether it's a storm in life, or Lord, they don't know you as their Savior, Lord, that they would uh, come and find myself or uh, a member of the praise team, Lord, someone that would be able to show them who you are, show them who you really are, Lord, that, Lord, you love them, Lord, that you want to have a relationship with them, and Lord, that you can save them from whatever it is they're struggling with. And Lord, for us as Christians, Lord, who are here this morning, who have our own storms, Lord, that we would realize that you are the creator. Lord, that the manner of man that you are is, is, is the one that can meet all our needs. Lord, that we wouldn't focus on our storms. We wouldn't focus on the lack of faith and our fear. Lord, that we would just focus solely on you. Lord, that you would pull us out. 
Lord, help us as, as we go through this new year, Lord, and as new storms blow and as, as winds rage in our lives and, and we're attacked. And Lord, we just feel like we're taking on more than we can handle and we're starting to sink. Lord, that we would realize you're right there with us. Lord, I praise you for this church and these people, Lord, and I just ask for a special blessing that you would just continue to work as, Lord, we continue to grow together and, and, and move uh, in your direction. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for this awesome day. and uh, We commit these things and, and give thanks in your name. Amen. Uh, you're dismissed? <laughs>